One o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. That means it's time for Post to Post. Alan Wishart in the host chair. Reg will be joining me later. But we are going to start today's show on the ice, but we're not talking hockey. We are talking about something that's going to be taking over a couple of local arenas this weekend. And Jen Erickson is the tournament coordinator for the Provincial Ringette Tournament being held here. And Jen, it's getting busy. <laughs> it's, start, it's getting busy, yes. <laughs> yeah, so now how many how many teams, how many players are we expecting? So there's 22 teams across uh, four divisions, mm-hmm. and there is approximately 350 athletes. Wow. Now, has Prince George hosted the Provincials before? We have. We actually did in two. We have a few times, but the last time we hosted was in 2019. Okay. So is this a tournament that does sort of rotate through the different zones in the province then? Yeah, it, it, you bid on it uh, every year, and uh, BC Ringette chooses who has the best bid, and that's who gets to host it. Now, is Prince George usually the only team, the only community in your zone that bids on it? Like, uh, how, big, how big is the zone? Well, so Prince George is part of Zone Eight, mm-hmm. um, and so we are made up of Quinell and Prince George, um, and then Paris, Houston, and Smithers, who has a new organization, um, is Zone Seven. And so I think Zone Seven has applied a few times, mm-hmm. um, but they've not hosted as of this time. Now. I know a lot of times, even for things like provincials, it can be tough to get the teams from the from the lower mainland and even just other parts of BC to come. Is that much of a problem with Ringette usually, or does everybody send teams? Well, so it is. It definitely is a problem. Um, this part of the tournament is called our zone and open. So this is the mm. rep. Um, if you were mm. comparing to hockey, it'd be what would you would call the rep stream. And so they, um, in order to go to Western Canadians, they have to attend provincial. Oh. So these teams are all coming. We have every team in each of the zones um, that put a team together that will be here this weekend. Man. And so now, what is the schedule, basically? Like, I'm not expecting you to give me every single game for every single team, but when does it run? So we start tomorrow morning. The first game is at 9 a.m., and the final gold medal game ends, I think, at 2.45 p.m. on Sunday. We are at Kin 1, 2, and 3, and also the Elk Center. Wow. So now that brings up the next question then right off the bat, for, um, especially for spectators, but also possibly for some players and parents, where can they get schedules to make sure they show up at the right rink? So if you go to um, Prince George Ringette and you mm-hmm. click on Tournaments, and you'll see there it says Zone Provincial. Click on that, and in down in there is a link to go right into the schedule. Okay. Now, how long has the bid process been going for this year for you guys? Like, when did you have to submit your bid? We submitted back originally in June, and then once again in July because they changed the uh, <laughs> the requirements. So we submitted back again in July. Tourism Prince George, phenomenal support in helping us get that bid in. Okay. And when did you get the word that you were, in fact, getting it? Ooh, I honestly don't remember. Mm-hmm. I would think in August. <laughs> okay. okay, so they got back to you. So they, they, they make their decision pretty quickly then? Yes. And then, now as you, as you were saying, you guys have experience running provincials. So I'm guessing it's still a lot of work, but a lot of it is just, okay, how did we do this last time? Yeah, it worked. Let's do it again. Yeah, I mean, with every tournament, there's different challenges and different requirements. But really, we've got such a great... Uh, group of people on our committee that, you know, they just spring into action mm-hmm. and we figure it out. Okay. Now, what age groups are we talking about here? 
So we start at U14 and we go all the way up to open. So U14 is 12 and 13 year olds mm-hmm. and then open is 18 plus. Okay. So um, some very high level ringette is going to be played this weekend. Now, quick question because I know this is something that's changed recently. Is it all female teams? Because I know ringette has started accepting male players as well. So in the zone program, this is the last year that males will be allowed to play in the U19 division. Uh-huh. They are not in the U14 or the U16. Right. And after this year, next year, it is supposed to be all female. Okay. Now, will that apply to the open category as well, or is that still going to be, shall we say, co-ed? My understanding is open is going to stay co-ed. Okay. But, uh, now, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say we've got teams in every category. We do. We have we have one in U fourteen, U sixteen, U nineteen, and open. Now, how much how much playing time have these teams gotten during the season? Because again, we're up in Prince George. It might be tough getting to tournaments. It can be for sure, um, but our teams are quite used to traveling. We mm-hmm. we go to Vancouver two times a year minimum during the season, um, and then we do Kelowna and Vernon. Some teams have gone across into Alberta. Oh. So, you know, at least each team has done at least four turn, four to five tournaments wow. up to this point. And were there any tournaments held in town this year? We hold our annual tournament. We were on our 32nd year this year, and it's every um, around Remembrance Day, so always between November 10th and 12th. That's the Joy Hoffman, correct? The Joy Hoffman Memorial, yes. See, I remember some things from previous interviews that I've had. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Not a lot, but some things. Now, officials, these, the teams are coming from around the provinces. Do the officials come from around the province? They are. We have 26 officials, wow. and out of those 26, only two are from Prince George. Wow. So we have Vancouver, Vernon, Kelowna. I've uh, got the list here in front of mm. Squamish, Abbotsford. Yeah, we've got quite a few coming. Man. And they, they all... Now, are there any rules as to what games they can do like is an official say from prince george not allowed to do a game involving a prince george team if at all possible aware of any i'm sure it's one of those rules that they try but Mm -hmm. um you know most of these refs are level three plus so that's a pretty high level ref um you know when and 90 percent of them are not involved with any of the teams on the ice yeah so now, are, are most of the refs like hockey refs? They are people who have come up through the ringette ranks as players? Some have and some haven't. Some started off as coaches or parents and just got involved. Wow. Parents who become referees instead of becoming coaches. That's different. It, it does happen. I mean, my daughter is on that stream right now, and she will also be one of the refs this weekend, and she's only 16. Wow. Okay, so some of the refs are actually players on one of the older age groups. Yes, in, di- in a different league, though. Okay. So now, the teams that are in Prince George, how have they been doing this year in their tournaments? Uh, they vary. Some have medals at, at every tournament, oh. and others um, are newer teams, mm-hmm. so they are a little bit more of a build-up, and we'll see better results next year. Um, but they all have a fair chance at winning um, this weekend. Okay. And now, something else I was noticing, looking at the, um, I think it was the release that you guys sent out, 
was, as you said, you start at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, but there's also a skills competition going on. So what's that about? So at 6 p.m. tomorrow in Kin 2, we will be running a skills competition. It will just be with the U14 division. Um, And there's going to be speed, agility, um, and I think shooting on the net. Right. So it's going to be a rather fun event, and whoever wins gets a lovely um, prize from PG Ring Up. And so now, is this one, is it just like one player from each team, basically? No, there'll be eight players from each team. Wow. So eight players from each team. Uh, That's a whole bunch of players. That's 48 players for the one division. Wow. And so they're going to be going pretty fast to get through everything. (laughs) <laughs> they will be. Yeah, we have an hour and fifteen minutes to get through these uh, these forty eight players. So it's going to be it's going to be fun for us organizers, but we will get it done. So you're hoping they were really that they were really good on their speed and agility stuff, so they get those ones done fast. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> now a big question. Um, I'm assuming spectators are allowed. Yes, and encouraged. Okay. Now the biggest question that a lot of people want to know in Prince George before they come out to an event. Is there going to be concession stands? Concession is run by the, the kin centers, so they are supposed to be open. Okay. Um, but what we will ask is people to stop by our raffle table in our 50-50 and support PG Ringette so we can keep these, these yeah. types of events occurring in our city. Okay. Sounds great. Um, Jen Erickson, tournament coordinator for the Provincial Ringette Championship starting tomorrow. And so, again, where, which... Which arenas are they in, and when does everything start tomorrow? So there is a game in all three kins starting between 9 and 9.30 a.m. and also up at the Elk Center. There, All four ranks will be going wow. in the morning. And where can people get all the information, like including schedules, so they can find out when the local teams are playing? It is all on the PG Ringette uh, website. If you go under the tournament tab and you'll click on the provincials, um, there's live links to click on to find the schedule. Okay. Jen, thank you very much for bringing us up to date, and I, I might even drop by. Ah, I look forward to seeing you, Alan. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Okay, so again, yeah, the Provincial Ringette Tournament starting tomorrow at all three kin centers and the Elk Center, which is which is a name we don't hear too often on the show for one reason or another. But, uh, yeah, let's, 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 let's keep talking, I guess you could say, about the... Uh, the younger sports groups, we've got uh, the BC Elite Hockey League. They finished the regular season, and now they're, well, some of them are into the playoffs. It's uh, the U17 Cougars, the boys' team, is at the Vancouver Northwest Hawks. They start play tomorrow. It's a best of three, so they play Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday. The U15 team is down in Langley, and they've got a rather complicated format because they had nine teams. So they split them into a group of four. The top four teams were in one pool, the bottom five were in another, and you're basically playing round robin in your pool, and then you go into the playoff round. So the U15 Cougars have uh, two games tomorrow and two games on Friday, and then we'll see what happens from there. Both of the U18 teams, the U18 Cougars and the Northern Capitals, host teams next weekend. So they're off this weekend. They host teams next weekend, so we'll make sure that we get you who's playing where and when for next week's show. Cool. Yeah. So pretty busy on that front as well. And, again, it's that time of year, though, isn't it, Reg? A lot of the winter sports are starting to wind down a little bit. Yeah, all the tournaments start up, and 
things get uh, sorted out for the year. Who's the champion? Yes, we are the champions. Well, someone's the champion. Yes. And besides, I wouldn't dare say we are the champions, my friend, with you in the room. But uh, something else, changing changing tax a little bit. This is something that uh, didn't get the information on this in time for last week's show, even though the event happened the previous weekend. The Primetime Wrestling event, their first event at the Civic Center. And I guess they had really good crowds out. And they had one of their belts change hands. The Barlow Creek Butcher beat Braden Goff for the Northwestern title. Oh. And as it turned out, the Mauler actually defended the heavyweight championship twice on the weekend. Wow. He beat Aviator, the Aviator, Sean Gaston, and Cougar meet Kyle Sebastian. Uh, big news from them, of course, is all of every time they hold a card, all the proceeds go to a local community group. Yeah. This time around, it was the Spirit of North Health Foundation. Yes. $3,350. Nice. In the cards they've done so far, they've raised more than $16,000. Wow, that's pretty good for, oh. no, what, a year now? About, just a, just yeah, about a year. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that doesn't include the uh, memorial tournament they hold every year because oh, that okay. one's sp- specifically, I believe, for the crisis line, if I'm not mistaken, the crisis Well, that center. would still be a... Yeah, but I Not think they profit. I think they, they they don't consider that a regular card. That's a special event. Oh. But okay. and they have announced when their next card is already. April eleventh or sorry, April twelfth and thirteenth. And again it'll be oh, the okay. CN Center. Yeah. But as I say, they were figuring well we had the Mauler and Davy Greenlee's in here what, a couple of weeks ago is now? Yeah, I was gonna say, uh kinda uh sounds like the fix is in because the Mauler, who's uh, oh. one of the main guys in the ah. uh primetime wrestling organization keeps winning the title i that, know uh, seems a little yeah. odd don't you think yeah not i i don't recall in the times that we've had he and davy in here do you recall ever seeing any money change hands no okay so well, there's that there's that it's fame <laughs> yes no one said money was involved no no so again so uh, that'll be something i think i can pretty much guarantee that probably near the end of march We'll have somebody oh, yeah. from well, Prime Time in just yeah. to talk about the upcoming card, and and we always get the media releases yes. uh, as as they announce things and different things. Yeah, yeah. The, the people that are going to be showing up to the event, oh. who the charity is. Yeah, uh, and uh, this last event they had uh, uh, induction into the uh, Wrestling Hall yes. of Fame, yeah, so that was yeah. a new aspect that uh, we'll probably see more of. And I want to just mention as well. If you, if another way to keep up with what's going on there is to go to their Facebook page, mm-hmm. Prince George Primetime Wrestling, I believe it is, or just, it might just be Primetime Wrestling. Yes, because they usually have video clips as well, like Davy Greenlee's as the commissioner. I guess mm-hmm. will talk about the card that's coming up, and a lot of times they have got little clips with some of the wrestlers who are coming in as well, just to talk about how badly they're going to hurt their opponent. Right. So, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, I think. Let's go for a break. Sure. Okay. Take a break. Be back with more on Post to Post. Join us each week for Music and the Spoken Word featuring the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, the longest-running, continuous weekly network broadcasting the world. Each episode features modern and traditional arrangements of spiritual, classical, and contemporary music and a timely, inspiring message. Truly an uplifting program that will have you returning each week. Music and the Spoken Word with the Tabernacle Choir. Sunday mornings at 6.30 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM.
The Prince George RCMP's Serious Crime Unit continues to investigate the early morning shooting that occurred in the Moccasin Flats area on January 5th. Fabian James Charlie is in custody facing a second-degree murder charge as they look for more details on the incident. If you have any information about this or any other criminal offense, please contact the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300 or anonymously call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. How can you help seniors in need? This winter, you can make a donation to the Prince George Council of Seniors Seniors Resource Center. Help seniors receive food, housekeeping services, or other supplies or resources they may require. The Seniors Resource Center provides many services to seniors in Prince George. Every penny helps them to continue providing these services. Donations can be made at the Seniors Resource Center, 1335th Avenue, or through the donation link at pgcos.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly sunny, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 4 with the wind chill to minus 9. Tonight, partly cloudy, fog patch developing overnight, wind continuing, a low of minus 16 with the wind chill to minus 24. On Friday, cloudy, a 30% chance of flurries in the afternoon, wind from the north at 20, a high of minus 7 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 14. Okay, so uh, the big story of the past oh. week, of course, was UNBC Timberwolves basketball. Yes. The men performing very well in the year yes. uh, the the playoff tournament, the Canada West it, men's uh, basketball championship in Winnipeg. Turned out to be, yeah, yes. And when when last we left you last Wednesday, they had finished beating UBC eighty six seventy six in their first game. And remember, you UNBC was the number twelve seed in the tournament. The last team in, if you will. Yes. And UBC was number five. Well, the rewards for beating UBC was to play the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg. Yes. So basically on their home court, technically. And in the quarterfinals, and UNBC came through again. The number four team in the country was no match for them. 84-78. Yeah. A lot closer game. And again, five guys in double figures. Spencer Ledoux, one of the graduating players, 22 points in that game. Uh, Darren Hunter, another one who's graduating at 14. Chris Ross, the third guy who's leaving the team, 10 rebounds. Justin Sung got 16 points, 10 assists. So a good, again, all-around effort from the T-Wolves, which seems to be their their, um, pattern this year. That put them through the semifinal. This was a slightly different kettle of fish, if you will. UVic, the defending national champions and number one seed coming in. Yeah. UNBC gave them quite the fight, though. Final mm-hmm. score was 80-68 to 68 for UVic. Uh, Spencer Ledoux had 24, Chris Ross had 13, Evgeny Baukin had 12. That put them into the bronze medal game on Saturday. Yep. No, Saturday, yep. Against the University of Calgary, who had lost in the uh, semifinals as well. I believe UNBC led most all the game and brought home the bronze medals by a 94-80 to 80 score. Uh, Chris Ross, 25 points. Evgeny Baukin, 19. Darren Hunter, 15. Justin Sunga, 11. So again, um, Spencer Ledoux, Chris Ross, Darren Hunter, that was their last game, and they went out with bronze medals around their neck. The first sport UNBC has ever won a Canada West medal in. Yes. Of course, we only compete in two, but still, pretty impressive. Yeah, no, it was a great finish. Oh. Um, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering if Canada West continues to do that format 
oh. where the teams yeah. all show up in one location and play it out play it out through the weekend if they will uh look at reseeding after mm. the play in games. Yeah. Because realistically if they did that, like uh yeah. they often do in, in the NHL and NBA and the, the higher leagues, then uh our second game would have been against the number one ranked uh, yes. team. So uh would have been yeah. a different might have yeah, probably would have been a different outcome, yes. right? Yeah. So they would not have won the bronze medals. I'll tell you that much. Well, you don't know. No. I, well, they couldn't have. Why? Unless they beat you, Vic, in that second round. Well, game. that's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. you don't know. No. Yeah. You, you could say, well, obviously they would lose to you, Vic, but, but Vic might it be was a different lead up to yeah. the game than if you had played them yeah. right after UBC. So, so you can assume it, but yeah. it, it's not always a given. And just to put this in context as well, what that means is in their four games, they played the number one seed, the number two seed, the number four seed, and the number five seed, and yeah. won three of those games three, yeah. as no, the number it's... 12 seed. Yeah. Now, the other thing was Justin Sunga of the T-Wolves mm-hmm. was named this week's U Sports Men's Basketball Player of the Week and not coincidentally, of course, then the Canada West Men's Basketball Player of the Week as well. Mm-hmm. At the Canada West playoffs, he averaged 13 points, 9 assists, and 4.5 and rebounds. Now, one thing I checked on was before the tournament started, they named their all-star teams for the season. Right. The, the men's first all-star team had a player from UBC, a player from Manitoba, a player from UVic, a player from Calgary. Yeah. None of the three teams had anybody from UNBC. Right. So in that first in their games, they beat teams that had first team all stars mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. With with no all stars of themselves of their own, really. Yeah. And again, I think that as much as anything points to the um the job that and his name has just slipped my mind now. The head basketball coach up there. I've talked to him I don't know how many times. Don't look at me. No. <laughs> but anyways, just the job that he does up there because they've had some stars in the past and they ride them if they have to. But when they've got a team like this one where they've got a large group of players who can all fill different roles, they all fill different roles and they do just as well. Yeah, and that's uh, it's like any any team sport you can't just rely on the individual oh, yes superstars right no no and you see it time and time again it doesn't matter how good oh. the one player is if, if if you don't have a full team there no you're, you're not going very far no um let's stay on the basketball courts for a couple of seconds todd jordan todd jordan thank you yes todd forgive me i forgot your name entirely because i forgot to write it down timberwolves men's basketball yes. court coach todd jordan yeah uh, stay on the court for a couple of minutes. The girls' provincial basketball, high school girls' provincial basketball, and they do sort of a modification of what Canada West does. Mm-hmm. All four of the divisions, single A right up to quad A, all play in Langley this weekend. Ah. So you've got a whole bunch of ba- – and it probably makes the life easier a little bit for guys like Sergei Shapotkin, the women's coach up at UNBC, because mm-hmm. he can go down there and see all the best players from the small schools right up to the big ones. Right. And then Todd will have the same chance. I think it's next week or the following week is when the uh, boys play. And right. same thing. They all go down to Langley. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few, we've got three teams down in Langley, and they all started play yesterday. Cedars Christian uh, in the single leg 
number eight seed, got off to a good start. They beat Charles Bloom, 60-46. to 46. They're in tough today. They'll be taken to the court in about 20 minutes down Langley. They're playing the number one seed, Pacific Christian, in the quarterfinals. So it'd be nice to see an upset. That's yeah, all we'll yeah. see. We have two teams competing in the 3A girls. College Heights, uh, number eight seed, beat Clayton Heights 50-35 to in their first game. Not such good luck for Duchess Park, who came in as the number six seed. They lost the number 11 seed in a bit of an upset. R.A. McMath beat them 50-39. to um, Duchess Park on the court probably right now, probably just about to wrap up, actually. They were playing the number 14 seed, Pitt Meadows, starting at noon. The uh, College Heights, their game is at 5.15 today on the winner's side. And they, I think the uh, people who set up these draws, Reg, I don't think they like our zone. No. College Heights is also playing the number one team uh, in the yeah. ranked team, yeah. Brook- Brookswood. So, uh, yeah, going to be in tough, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. High school basketball, I've noticed especially, can cause upsets. Oh, for sure. Even, even more so, some teams there tend to rely more on, we've got a really good player, so we're just going to keep giving her the ball every time. Yeah. Well, if the other team figures something out, yeah, they might be able to stop her, and everybody else on your team is going to be kind of going, okay, coach, now what do we do? And the big thing this day and age is uh, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you're going to be able to find video of them. Oh, yeah. In competition, right? Yeah. I mean, if so, nothing else down there, you just have somebody watch their first-round game Yeah. in this case. Get a look at what they're looking like right here and now, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, one other quick note. Okay. Again, um, this past weekend, uh, Latko Cornell hosted the 2024 BC Winter Games. Cillian Hollybow won the W.R. Bennett Award for Athletic Excellence. Oh, yeah. So this is like one award that's handed out. There's medals, of course, in all the different sports. This is an individual. This is a single award. He is um, in karate with the Nachako Karate Club, and I believe he won two silver medals, one as an individual and one as part of the team forums event, I believe, a team committee, I believe it's called. Okay. So uh, congratulations to him and to all the medal winners from uh, this zone. It's always hard to tell who they are because... As I think we've mentioned in the past about things like this, well, U55 or the uh, 55 plus games, you'll get a team of four people. Two of them are from Prince George, one is from Cornell, and one is from Vancouver. Okay. But they compete as, say, a Prince George team. Right. So it's sometimes kind of tough to tell who the medalists are from each site. Okay, on that note, I think we are going to take another quick break and be back with more on Post to Post. Low-income individuals aged 55-plus can once again take advantage of the Prince George Council of Seniors Community Volunteer Income Tax Program. Ten-minute appointments to meet with a volunteer and drop off your info are available Tuesday mornings and Thursday afternoons in March and April. For more information and to book your appointment, call the Prince George Council of Seniors Resource Centre at 250-564-5888 or stop by the office at 1330 Fifth Avenue. 
The local organizing committee for the 2024 Parabiathlon World Championships and Paranordic World Cup Finals have launched their new event website. As excitement builds for the two consecutive events being held March 5th to 17th at the Otway Ski Trails, the new site is the main portal for all information on athletes, teams, volunteers, fans, and community members. Check out the website today at caledoniancompetitions.com so you're prepared as the world comes to Prince George in March. Your Prince George Council of Seniors is looking for volunteers. Help out with their Better at Home program to assist shut-ins with a few weekly tasks. Meals on Wheels needs drivers for meal deliveries Monday through Friday. Spend a bit of time each week making friendly phone calls to isolated or lonely seniors or help out at the Resource Center's front desk. If you have a few hours to spare, email hcn at pgcos.ca or call the Seniors Resource Center at 250-564-5888. Okay. Okay. So you're back with uh, more, what are we talking about now? Head, oh, head to the hockey. ice, I think. We're talking about some hockey stuff. Head back to the ice. The Cougars. Getting hot again. Uh they played two games this past week uh, on the road, headed down to Kamloops and beat Kamloops 5-1. to Boria Vallis and Tarek Kratzik each had two goals in that game. They beat Kelowna the next night 6-5 in a shootout. Zach Funk had a hat-trick. Riley Height added a goal and two assists. Andre Becker was the first shooter in the shootout. He scored. Nobody else scored. So that was how they won the right. shootout. Yeah. Uh, Zach Funk... The uh, the hat trick, well, he now has 56 goals, uh, which is a new franchise record. Quinn Hancock held the old record from right. 1994-95. And I was looking at this. As I say, he's got 56 goals. He is third in the WHL in scoring at 99 points. One of the guys ahead of him is Riley Height, 32 goals, 68 assists, 100 points, tied for first. But I was looking at the other two major junior leagues. Funk's got 56 goals. The next best in the WHL is 45. The wow. OHL top guy has 47. Uh-huh. The top guy in the Quebec League has 41. So he is way out ahead uh-huh. of everybody in all of the leagues. Uh, the other Cougar who's in the top 10 in the scoring race in the WHL is, as he's been there all year, Tarek Parasic. 34 goals, 51 assists, 85 points, ninth overall, and, as he has been all season, the top rookie. But... Uh, this year's CHL rankings came out yesterday or the day before. Saskatoon lost a game last week. Uh-oh. So they dropped all the way down to number two. <laughs> However, the Cougars moved up to number four. Portland, number seven. Everett, number eight. Swift Current, number nine. So again, the dub has five of the top ten teams, according yeah. to the rankings. So that'll be interesting. Riley Height also named the WHL Player of the Week for this past week. He had 11 points in the four games that they played over the last week. And uh, just as a quick note, uh, he's the third different Cougar to uh, win that award. Zach Funk and Kane Zimmer had also won it earlier in the season. And another little note, the top, the rookie of the week in the WHL this week was Cameron Schmidt of the Vancouver Giants. Oh, yeah. But he's from Prince George, so that's why we're mentioning it. Oh, well, yeah. It's, there you yes. go. Uh, in terms of goaltending, um, Josh Ravensburger, 2.23 goals against average, third in the league. 
917 saves percentage, also third in the league. Ty Young, 2.82 goals against average, ninth in the league, and his saves percentage is 902, which is 13th. They have the second best goals against average in the league. Saskatoon is a little bit better. Okay. So they're getting good performances. They've obviously got the scoring. And I think the other thing you're going to start seeing in because they've only got I think about ten games left. 55. Yeah, yeah they yeah, played fifty eight. So I think they've got right. ten games yeah. left. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to start seeing people asking at least when's Kane Zimmer coming back because they were saying he might be back for the end of the season or the playoffs almost certainly. Right. And so you've got to kind of wonder they. They've got first place in the division sewed up. Um, do you bring them back earlier than you need to and take well, a chance? Well, no, yeah, I, I, no. I think, uh, and we've seen this in the NHL as well, where teams that are uh, way ahead of everyone, or in the case of Chicago, way well, behind I, everyone. Yes. you don't want to. You don't want to uh, rush anyone. Risk, yes, right. No, it's it's when you're in that hunt for a playoff spot. And you're battling to neck and neck with people. That's yeah. that's where you, you kind of get that pressure to rush someone back. But yeah, yeah. I, for sure, I would say they don't want to bring him back until he's absolutely ready and give yeah. him plenty of warm up practice time well, as well. That's, right? That's the other thing is like he is he is a top line player. Yes. Like before, when he got hurt, he was playing on their top line. Yep. Well, he's coming back now, and your top line is playing really well. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great position for Mark Lamb to be in as the coach and general manager. Do you figure out who on the top line you're going to drop down to the second line and just put Zimmer back in there, or do you have Zimmer well, that, playing on the second again, line? Again, that's something that they can play around with in practice, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, realistically, if you put him on the second line and he oh. all, all of a sudden makes that second line even as better. good as the first oh, line, yeah. well, that's good too. Yes. It'll also really help their power play. Yes, because he's another great power play player. So, well, uh, I don't know what the formation is for the Cougars' power play, but if they uh, have the traditional setup where you still have two D men yeah. on your power play, no, I don't know. I think it's they, not that hard for them to add, drop oh, one of those yeah. D men, and, and put in uh, Zimmer and, and use one of the guys, one of the forwards on the point, right? Yeah, and which was, is more common nowadays in the NHL. And that was the other thing I was noticing with the uh, Cougars uh, in that shootout against uh, Kelowna mm-hmm. on the weekend. As I say, Andre Becker scored in the first round. Neither of the next two scorers were named Riley Height or Zach Funk. So you've got two of the top three scorers in the league, and you're not using them in the shootout. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of nice to have as well in terms of depth of scoring. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah you don't want to have to... Well, you don't want all your eggs in one basket, no. as the old saying goes. No, right? they definitely don't have that. Oh. And that's what you see, uh, well, in a- any um, professional sport like basketball or hockey or yes. or uh, uh, soccer. Yeah. You know, the, you don't uh, you, you don't you want to have more depth. Yes. Oh, yeah. If you're serious about any kind of a championship. You want you've got to have depth, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's even even in the AHL as they're closing in on the trade deadline, Oof. the top teams are looking at that, thinking, "Well, yeah. do we really have the depth we need?" Yeah. Where's I mean, the sure, hole your, that we need filled? Your top line or your top two lines are going great guns. Yeah. 
but are those other guys able to uh, pull their own weight? Yeah, and you and f- hold their own yeah. when you get into the playoffs. You've got four good defensemen. Can we maybe add somebody to our third defensive pairing who's better right. than what we've got? Yeah, so there's so, always that question, yeah. right? And of course, everybody, ninety nine percent of teams in the NHL at this time of year are also kicking the tires on whatever goaltenders are available. Somewhat, yeah, yeah, because goalies yeah. can just get so hot for a short period of time. Well, that's true. But if you're so, the Vancouver Canucks or the oh, Winnipeg oh, yeah, Jets, no. you're not looking for a goaltender. No, no, no. you're in good shape there, which is yeah. kind of nice. But, uh, no, oh, and again, the uh, Cougars are hosting Spokane this weekend. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Saturday at 6 o'clock, of course, at uh, CN Center. And then they host Vancouver the following weekend, the following Friday and Saturday. The games against Spokane, after that, they'll have eight games left. All eight, not a big surprise because this is the way they always set things up, all eight will be against BC BC Division teams. Yeah, and that'll be a chance to make some hay uh, because the, well, the BC Division's gotten better over the season. But for the most part, they don't have the strongest teams no. uh, other than Prince George because you've got Portland, uh, Everett, w- Wenatchee, yep. number two, three, and four in the Western Conference. Yeah. So And Spokane's down in eighth, so yes. this isn't going to be as much of a challenge as uh, as perhaps what? the Cougars would like at this point. Yeah. Because realistically, uh, Spokane, then nothing but uh, BC division teams. Yeah. You're not going to be seeing Portland, uh, Everett, Wenatchee until you get into the playoffs. Yeah. And those are the guys that you're going to, you know, really need to be uh, up on. And with the way the WHL runs the playoffs, where, again, they don't play in the divisions in the playoffs. It's just the top eight teams. Right. Which means this weekend, if the playoffs started right now, this weekend would be a, would, be would be a, the first yeah, round of the playoffs. Preview, yeah. Yeah. One versus eight. Yeah. So, um Yeah. Take another quick break and probably be back to talk some more hockey on Post to Post. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council is accepting applications from Indigenous and not-for-profit organizations serving Indigenous youth to host a sport development camp, coaching certification course, or officials training session. These are community-based programs ranging from one or two days to multiple weeks. Applications and full details are available through ispark.ca. The application deadline for 2024 second quarter programs and events is March 31st. The Prince George RCMP continues to investigate an arson which occurred in the 2500 block of Oak Street on January 21st around 6 a.m. There was one person inside the residence at the time of the fire. They did not suffer any serious injury in the incident. If you have any information about this or any other criminal offense, please contact the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300 or anonymously call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Your community, your call. Report crime anonymously 24-7, 365 days a year by calling Northern BC Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477 or online at northernbccrimestoppers.ca. Our next community shredded event is Saturday, April 27th from 10 till 2 at the PGSS parking lot. Shred your personal documents safely and securely with a $10 donation per bag or box. To keep up to date, follow on Facebook, Instagram, or northernbccrimestoppers.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly sunny, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 4 with the wind chill to minus 9. Tonight, partly cloudy, fog patch developing overnight, 
Wind continuing, a low of minus 16 with a wind chill to minus 24. On Friday, cloudy, a 30% chance of flurries in the afternoon. Wind from the north at 20, a high of minus 7 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 14. We're back talking more hockey, I think. Yeah, yeah, we got to talk a little bit about the BCHL. Yes. Sort of look ahead to the playoffs, if you will. Yeah. But uh, the other thing was the Spruce Kings had the uh, doubleheader against Vernon this weekend. Yeah, actually did okay. Well, yeah, they uh, they lost the first game 5-3. Alexis Cornway had a golden assist. Uh, Killian McGregor-Bennett had a golden assist. And J.R. Perdian had a goal and two assists. Mm-hmm. Another quick note before I forget, Alexis Cornway, they've also announced he has committed to Brock University oh, okay. for next year. So yeah. another player heading off to play university hockey. Yeah. Now, in the second game against Vernon, they beat them. Yes. 4-2. to two. Lyndon McCow had two goals. J.R. Purdin finished off a very nice weekend with, with the other two goals. Owen Goodbrand had two assists. They are at Vernon on Friday and at Merritt on Saturday. They don't play at home now until March 15th and 16th when they play Merritt. And mm. strangely enough for them, the same is with the Cougars, Reg. They're playing all BC teams for the rest of the season. Believe okay. it or not, yeah. And I checked with Jack Clark at the Spruce Kings office. I could not find anything on the BCHL website about this. Uh, the playoffs. I wasn't sure what the setup was. It is one versus eight. Yes. In each division. Yes. So I believe that would, if it happened right now, that would be what, Penticton versus Prince George? And it actually, uh, yeah. And the the regular season goes right through the end of March. Okay, yeah. So we still have, you know, a full month of play to go. Yeah, but it's probably only about eight games because they basically only play on weekends. Well, yeah, yeah. So for the most part, yeah. But uh, no, so uh, and I don't believe they play Penticton more this year. So, but, uh, no, so ten games. Okay, they got ten because there's left. an extra. Oh, yeah, right. March first is tomorrow. Okay, second, right. third is Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Right. So yeah, they'll have there'll yeah. be a fifth weekend, uh, the 29th and 30th, and that's a long weekend as well. That's Easter oh, weekend. That's okay. Yeah. This year, so okay, that'll be. Uh, That'll be good. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the Spruce Kings, well, Spruce Kings are on the road, so yeah. no uh, special things at the No, no Easter egg hunts or anything like that. But. Yeah, they'll do their their big uh, special um, season ending or season yeah. last. Uh, they, they do something special for the fans the last game of the regular season, last home usually, regular right? Season so that's the, the 23rd when they'll yes. be hosting Vernon again. Okay. Yeah. Is it just my imagination, or do they play Vernon every second weekend, Reg? No. Okay. No, they they have three games against Vernon coming up in March. <laughs> the two games here. Right. Then the following weekend, they're in Vernon, then Merritt. Okay. So they actually they have more games against Merritt, where they've, okay. they have uh, four games against yeah. Merritt. In well, the, those two games against Vernon are the ones they just played, right? Oh, hang on. No, no, I'm, I'm looking at March. Okay, because they played Vernon twice at home this past weekend. I know. Okay. I'm looking at March. Well, okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, actually, they do play Vernon four times in March. So, okay. Yeah. It, it seems, uh, I don't know if this is was done on purpose, but Spruce Kings, two road trips, they have Vernon and, and Merritt. This both, weekend, The yeah. first road trip coming up this weekend, 
last road trip at the end of March. Yeah. And then Vernon is up here again in between? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Merritt is as well. Oh, okay. So that's so, where, you know, four games against geez. each of them. So that's eight of the games. The only other two games, they're, they're in trail on the 8th and at West Kelowna on the 9th. Okay. So that's a big yeah. big travel weekend well, there. Yeah. yeah. And one other thing with the BCHL, because of all the stuff that's happened with the league itself this season, mm-hmm. uh, there is talk, and that's all it is at this point, Right. but there is talk about the winner of the Alberta division, yes. the five teams, because they're just playing off, they're just playing against each other now to finish yep. off the season. There is talk about whoever wins their playoffs playing the winner of the Fred Page Cup, which is the BCHL champion. Yes, it would not be anything, any sort of official league playoff or anything, obviously. But no, but there's that possibility, and then next year. Depending on how they go about doing things, yeah, I imagine there's play. a lot of different details that they have to iron yeah. out. Not, not the least of which is uh, insurance and, and that Oof. sort of thing. Yes. So, uh, if they figure it out, I could see that happening, where the yeah. top two teams go at it, kind of as a precursor for next season. But yeah. next season, if those teams are in the BCHL and nobody else joins, you've got 21 teams. Then you're gonna, yeah, it'll be a, a, a some kind Oof. of a skewed. Uh, playoff yeah. format significantly different than what yeah. we're looking at this year. Yeah. Well, what they could do is go three divisions, seven teams in each division. I think we were talking about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago because you would take the two interior teams that are closest to the Alberta yeah. border to start with, Cranbrook and Trail. Trail. Move them over to join the other five Alberta teams. Yeah. Uh, take whichever team from the island is closest to the interior, move them into the interior to make up for the fact that we're losing two teams. And, uh, no, actually, there were 22 teams. It just occurred to me. The island has nine teams still, don't they? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, the, there there would be a division that would have more than than yes. not. Yeah. But uh, h- how you work out the playoffs, that, that could be kind of complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've got time to work this out. And yeah, there, may even be, there may even be more teams wanting to join the BCHL. Yes. From Alberta or from somewhere else. Yeah, we'll see what happens. a lot of different leagues floating around these days. Well, I I know, uh, I imagine pretty much all of the other AJHL teams are probably looking at what they're wanting to do next season. Yeah. Right? Reg, are you still having the same problem I am when you go to the BCHL page and you look up at the games that are being played? Uh, And you're going, what the heck are these abbreviations? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I had that problem once and now it's... You just sort of skip by them because yeah, because they don't mean anything to us yeah, at this they, point. At this point, they don't. And no. you, like you say, we don't even know if the the top from the BCHL will face off against yeah. the top of those other teams. So yes, yeah, it's kind no. of a just sort of a, a point of interest for yes. for those that are yes. w- scoreboard watchers. Yeah. Okay, we are going to take one more break and be back with some more on Post to Post. The Nature Trust of B.C. is raising funds to protect 129 hectares of ecologically valuable wetlands and mature and riparian forest here in Prince George. The Ferguson Lake wetlands is adjacent to the Ferguson Lake Conservation Area. The purchase will increase this ecologically valuable conservation complex to 160 hectares. Full details on supporting this Nature Trust of B.C. purchase are available through their projects page at naturetrust.bc.ca. The fundraising deadline for this project is March 31st. 
Prince George's favorite empty nesters are back. Be on hand as Henry and Alice set out on a weekend getaway armed with a copy of Sex for Dummies to reignite their love life. A hilarious and relatable comedy, Sexy Laundry is back by popular demand through Theatre Northwest's season of magic and mystery. Containing a lot of coarse language and sexual humor, Sexy Laundry is on through March 6th at Theatre Northwest. Get your tickets today at theaternorthwest.com. CNC and the Public Health Association of BC are seeking your feedback on sourcing and growing local food. An online survey is available today and tomorrow at tiny.cc slash CNC local food. It's your chance to have your input about local food security and related educational opportunities. Survey results will be followed by a one-day workshop on local crop cultivation. Make sure you're part of the process by taking the survey at tiny.cc slash cnc local food. That's Mungo yeah, Jerry kind of, in the summertime. Kind of wishful thinking. It was pretty nice out there today. It still bad, is no. kind of yeah. nice. And yeah. uh, I, I know the cross-country skiers are looking forward to weather like this, possibly, Yes, for the upcoming Para World Championships. Yeah. Para Biathlon World Championships are up first. Uh, they start next week out at um, Otway, of course. And then the World para cross country championships i believe it is or the following week i can't remember now which i thought it is. you had notes on this i've got notes on what's happening this week oh para biathlon world championship is the first one i can't right. remember what the name of the second one is well but i'm I pretty sure grabbed. it's across i'm pretty sure it's a cross country event well it is yeah i would have grabbed the the yeah, little no. thing if if you but uh no and again they've been talking about this and it is a world championship and i i, I will get a little bit in a few minutes I'll get into a list of who the teams are who are coming but countries countries who are coming um, just always want to always want to call it countries not teams yes. I mean they're teams from those countries but it yeah. gives it that whole international yes Olympic kind of feel when you call it to uh, talk about the countries yeah, um, yeah again some interesting uh, countries involved oh, too yeah. Canada Korea Finland Great Britain France Norway, Sweden, Finland, Kazakhstan, Ukraine. Not a lot of big surprises in that group. USA, China, Switzerland, Germany, Brazil, Italy, and Poland. Yes. So there's the there's the one uh, flag on the yes. field. Yeah. <laughs> Brazil. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. No, this isn't soccer, guys. But, uh, no, they start on... Um, they actually start... Monday is an open training day out at Altway mm-hmm. for all the teams. Tuesday is the training for the 7.5-kilometer sprint event. Oh, okay. And then they actually start at 10 a.m. on Wednesday and Thursday, and again 10 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Friday, again, is a training day for the other event. Well, the, Tuesday is uh, is not that the... Um, Tuesday is the opening ceremony. Opening ceremonies, at yes. At 6.30, and a note there, they are at the Civic Center. They're not at Otway. Right. At the Civic Center. Yeah. So, so the athletes will be in... Yeah. Uh, back to the uh, downtown area for yeah, which is where everybody's staying anyway. That so. part of it. Yeah. So he- here it is: the 2024 Para Biathlon World Championships. Yep, that's the one that's coming up. And the Para Nordic World Cup final. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So that's the two events and yeah. running back to back. Yes. And that's oh. kind of part of the whole thing that I think may have confused a few people. 
because they would rattle it off as the para uh, yeah. biathlon world championships and para nordic world cup finals and you're thinking almost sounds like it's just one event yeah, lots of lot of skiers but no, on the course at one time it's back-to-back events yeah. uh now part of the reason they do that and i assume this is where brazil comes to into play is a lot of the athletes in one Probably. will also be yeah. in the other yes and i assume uh, we're going we're gonna to have to track down the details but i assume the brazil team may consist of one guy yeah that's in both events yes the other thing that helps as well is you can have a lot of your officials then yeah. stay for both events because exactly. a lot of them will be able can probably officiate at biathlon and cross country. And this and this probably is is something that uh, is done fairly regularly, having oh, both events so. yes. in one spot. Yeah, because of that, right? Yeah. Now we mentioned the opening ceremonies are Tuesday at six thirty at the Civic Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, the medal ceremonies. Each night, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, will be at seven o'clock at the Civic Center. Okay. So they're hosting. They're holding all the medal ceremonies right. in town as well, rather yeah. than out at. Because I, I think I was. No, I did glance ahead, and I believe for that second one, the Para Nordic, I believe their medal ceremonies are being held at Otway. Oh, okay. After each event, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, for people who might be wondering, well, gee, I would love to be able to watch some of this, but. I've been to Otway, and especially if you've got all the buses and trucks and, and uh, the, you know, vans and everything from the different teams, there's not going to be a lot of parking. Well, they're looking out for you. You can park in the parking lot by the Civic Center downtown for oh, yeah. free. Yeah. And then they have shuttle buses. Yeah. One runs at 8.30 a.m. and returns at noon, and the other one runs out at 11 o'clock and comes back 30 minutes after the last competition ends each day. <clears throat> so they don't have a precise time for that one coming back because it depends on how long the competitions go. And again, this is a chance to see some some great athletes who you don't normally get a chance to see in, uh, in competition. And again, there'll be some Canadians to cheer on, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Otway, whatever kind of a snow dance Kevin Pedersen and the rest of them were doing worked. Yeah. Because they got gr- good dump of snow there the last few days. And the temperatures have been good because they've been low enough that they can run the ice-making equipment just to make sure they've got enough snow out there. But uh, no, so so it should be a great event. And uh, everybody's invited to come out. Um, and and there, there'll be plenty of, of spots where oh. uh, the designated for viewing. Yes. And, of course, the finish line right near the lodge as well. Yes. So there's yeah. that aspect of it as well, as well right? Yeah. And if, if, if you want to... Enjoy the competition of the biathlon, but without having to actually, you know, be outside and watch it from a cold spot, you can watch from the lounge in the lodge. That's true. So, yeah. Now, uh, looking ahead, Wednesday at this point, yes. well, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, highs minus five and minus two. Okay. So, good start. I mean, yes. that's that's oh, yeah. ideal weather. Uh, yep. Now it might be a little bit colder at Otway, but only a, a degree or two. Yeah. But any be, anything between uh, minus five and minus ten is oh, fine, right? Yes. Yeah, and the night and the only thing that it means to the skiers as well, obviously, is they and their coaches in particular. We're looking at the uh, temperatures and saying, okay, which wax are we going to use today? Right. And it could even vary. Um, Depending on when you're skiing, like if you're skiing the first event at uh, at 10 a.m., 
mm-hmm. or you're skiing in another event at say four o'clock in the afternoon, you might be using different wax. Yeah. Oh, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And that they'll be very, very busy with that. Now, one thing we need, we should point out in yes. uh, Kevin Pedersen, when he was on the last few weeks had mentioned this, that, uh, these events are the events that are instead of the Olympics. Yes. When the Olympics aren't on, these are the okay. world championships. Right. When the Olympics are on, I don't think they hold these events. No, because it, it, they've got the Paralympics in those years. Well, exactly. Yes. So, well, that's what I meant. Yes. Yeah. The Paralympics. Yeah. Um, so that's where, uh, you know, it just shows you the caliber oh, that yeah. this is and how big of an event it is because yeah. this is what they will be doing instead of the Olympics. These are the guys that are hoping to be at the next Olympics or were at the past Olympics, yes. right? So, yeah. So just a quick recap then to some extent. If you've got some time off in the next few days, you can head over to the Kin Center or out to the Elk Center starting tomorrow through Sunday and catch the Provincial Ringette Championships. And then basically, even on Monday if you want, you can go out and watch some of the training, I think, out at Otway for the uh, Parabiathlon World Championships. And, of course, you've also got the Cougars in town on Friday and Saturday playing Spokane. So pretty busy weekend in sports in Prince George. Yeah, and uh, it's only going to get busier. Yes, uh, you know, once once those uh, actually, I th- I'm, some of the athletes for next week oh, are always, already in town. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, I noticed on the uh, website they had a note for athletes who want to come in early. They said, "Okay, here's the expenses you have to take care of yourself if you come before the competition." Right. So they obviously knew some people were going to show up. Yep. Okay. Um, are we close enough? Sure. Okay, that'll wrap it up for today's show. We will be back next Thursday, 1 o'clock, for Post to Post. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.